0: I really strongly feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place, and He comes for a reason. Uh, he's not a a God or a presence or an entity that just comes in for the sake of being there. Every time He comes, He comes for a purpose. So I'm really delighted this morning to be here and deliver the word of the Lord to you guys because I think there is something that will happen because we sang about freedom and we just looked at a video that his name is uh, capable of doing. So we're talking about freedom, spiritual freedom this morning and I'm delighted to deliver this message but before, maybe once I uh, get into the word of God and then uh, we go into prayer I may not have time to, to really thank some people in the church, the leadership, the uh, pastor of this church to trust me with a pulpit for five weeks. I mean, that means a, a lot to me and uh, to my family, and I really want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I mean, it is a huge opportunity for me to, to bring the word of the Lord to, to, to a church that we love, I mean, a church that uh, we've gone through a lot together. And uh, you guys have been standing next to us on our side in uh, in the highs and lows of our ministry. So I just want to take a moment to thank you. And uh, would you just join me in thanking the church and the people and for yourself. And next, uh, there are some people that uh, over the uh, past uh, five weeks continuously showed up from different churches to support from the branch. I mean, that's a long drive. I mean You guys drive over there long distance. We drive over here a long distance. But thank you for, for supporting. Thank you for prayer. Thank you for just uh, standing with me as we're delivering the word of God here. So I just want to, again, one more time, I want to thank everyone who has been involved in this. <laughs> Praise God. Yes, yes. Thank you. We have been gleaning from the story of Samson. I don't know how that has been sitting with you or if you have had time to go back and read. Because I think if you uh, have lived in a church for a number of years or grew up in a Sunday school, uh, it's unlikely that you would miss the story of Samson. Uh, but sometimes we just uh, 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 gloss over a story in the scriptures and we uh, um, at a Sunday school level or children's ministry level, the idea is uh, for us to get the entirety of the message or the story from the beginning to, to the end. Uh, but what we're doing right now is we're going a little bit deeper and in, in, uh, we're learning principles, spiritual principles from the story of Samson. And today, especially for when it comes to deliverance, I just want to connect two things to the story and uh, depart from there to the message that God has really laid upon my heart. And this is my dream ministry. The, the, uh, the preaching that I do to, uh, I, I am intending to deliver to you today, it is something that I dream of in a church. It's not a one-time preaching, but an environment, a place, a state of being. This is the desire of my heart to the church. So really, at the end, I want to leave you with something, even though we are expecting God to do something to touch us today. But beyond that, I want to leave uh, Gateway Church and people that have come to participate in this worship with with a certain custom and culture, spiritual culture, wherever church you go to, to adopt that. From the principles that we're learning today. And then from this time forward, your Christian life will be a dynamite. It will be infused with the power of the Lord because of the principle that I'm talking about. Every time you're coming to a church or a fellowship or a gathering of believers, then you bring that environment. You bring that perspective into that environment. Hallelujah. This is my intention today. It's not only one-time contact with the Holy Spirit. Even though that is... There is a, a, a huge benefit of, of that because we pray for, for freedom, for, for bondages to go and to break today. But beyond that, it's, it's a culture that we will develop in there. Your, when your pa- pastor comes back, I really want him to see a different environment in this church. When he comes in, he sees a conducive spirit, a conducive environment for the work of the Lord. Nothing that hinders, nothing that diminishes or or oppresses the vision of a pastor or as a, as a servant of God. But something that draws out what God has deposited inside him. So please... Uh, a short time, uh, a short, uh, a goal of a short time, and a goal of a long time. So, I, I really want to deliver both those messages for the church, because this is my last uh, continuous weeks here. Not last time that I will see you, but last time of our, our series here. So, with that, let's. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's uh, turn over to Judges chapter fifteen, verses eleven. To 14. That will be my launching uh, um, verse. And then we'll go over to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 39 and 40. And then we'll, we'll depart from that. Again, Judges 15, 11, and 14. Okay, I have asked you to do something last week, if you remember. When you get to that verse, what would you say? Let me know that you have gotten to that verse by saying, Amen. Okay, can, can we do that? Okay, if you're there, let me know. Okay, let's read it together. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cliff of the rock of Atom and said to Samson, do you not know that the Philistines are rulers over us? What then is this that you have done to us? And he said to them, as they did to me, so I have done to them. They said to him, We have come down, uh, down to bind you so that he, we may give you into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not kill me. This is a very interesting thing. Samson is a powerful man of God, but he's asking them not to kill him. This is a very interesting thing, but I'm not going to touch on um, for some other time. Okay, let's continue reading. So they said to him, no, we will bind you fast and give you into their hands. Yet surely we will not kill you. Then they bound him with two new ropes and uh, brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi. The Philistines shouted as they met him. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily so that the ropes that were on his arms were as flocks. That is burnt with fire. His bonds dropped from his hands. Let's read the last phrase together, please, loudly. His bonds. You can do better, please, one more time. Remember, the intention of the entire story of Samson is to bind him. Delilah was sent in to find a means to bind him and to make him normal. The same thing, okay, the enemies are intending to do the same thing. But this time, it wasn't the enemy that bound him. It was his own people that bound him. The people of Judah came and bound him. The same thing, the same intention, but what happened was that the bind, the, what, what they bound him with could not stick. Remember why they are doing this, the people of God. They said that the Philistines are ruling over us. Why do you not understand that? Why do you go stir problem for us? Don't do that. Just stop it. Let us live the way we know how. We just want to be their servants, so we want to live this way. Remember from our past four weeks, we said that that's a normal Christian uh, reaction to things. Okay, when, when problems are approaching our lives, the tendency is to learn to live with them rather than saying that they don't belong in my life. Okay, that's what Sam, Samson is saying. No, no guys, we're not, we're, we're not learning how to live with our bounds. It is not the bondage life that is calling us to. Rather, it is a life of freedom that we're called into. So the, if, if, in, in Samson's mind, he, he, nothing of a, a bondage should stay on his life. That is the perspective that he is bringing into, uh, into the, the ministry that he is giving to the children of Israel. That's what I'm trying to put and in, in bring out to the church of God. We really need to understand our bondages need to go. But in fact, today, I, as I was preparing for this message, the Holy Spirit was impressing upon my, my, my spirit in a, in, in a question form. The Holy Spirit said to me, how many of my people do you know, do you think know that they are in bondage? Did I phrase that right? How many know that they are in bondage, really? One of the areas that we are going to drill in today is what a bondage is. Then once you know it, then you know how to receive freedom from that. But if, we, if you don't know that you are in bondage, or you decide to live with the bondage, then you cannot be helped. Really, you come to church, you're really in, about, looking for people to encourage you to live with that problem. Or give you uh, how-tos of, of adopting those problems instead of helping you develop faith to overcome the problem. Hallelujah. Come on, that was a good, good word here. <laughs> so it is really important to understand that when we come to church. So that's what we are trying to dr- uh, drill down today. Okay, let's jump to John chapter 18, verse 39 and 40. And then I will uh, go into my four points. John 18, 39 and 40. Come on. Thank you. You're two people. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. That's all I need from this verse. Who's speaking this? I heard some. Pilate. So he was trying to help Jesus Christ. He was trying to release him because he knew Jesus Christ was handed over to him because of, because of a, a, a political problem, because of a, 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 a religious, because of jealousy from the, uh, from the leadership, Jewish uh, leadership. So Pilate was trying to release him, but the time coincides with a certain custom that the kingdom has. And he is reminding them of that custom. He's saying to them, I have a custom for you. And you know it. I know it. We have used this. You have availed yourself of this custom so many times in the past. I just want to do the same thing today. We're getting ready for the Passover. Because of Passover, I release something for you. Do you want me to release Jesus, the King of the Jews? And they said, no, no. In fact, we want Barbas to be released. He was an insurrectionist. He was a, a, a revolutionist. He was an opposer of the kingdom of Roman. So they are asking for someone who is criminal to be released instead of Jesus Christ, the Savior. But all that conversation is based on a custom of the kingdom. That's the, 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 the center of my message this morning. I, it, my first point is we're going we're gonna, to, I'm trying to transport our meeting here into that place and apply the custom and see how you feel about it. That's where we begin our journey together today, okay? You're standing in front of Pilate. Pilate is raised up on a lofty stand, and he's talking to you. You belong to your citizen of uh, uh, the Roman kingdom, and you're standing there, and we're taking different uh, parts of the the story and and, and, uh, try to realize what kind of feelings, what kind of reactions they might have to that custom. Okay, from the custom of the prisoners, okay? Put yourself in the prison of Roman uh, at this moment, and uh, you know the custom, and you know that uh, Passover is coming up. What, what would you think? Huh? Yeah, yeah. The prayer is, uh, could, could, could I be one of the candidates for this release? It doesn't matter what I have done. It really does not matter because the king has power. You murder someone. The people on your behalf, if they said, release a mentee, then I I, I would have walked out of the prison. Hallelujah. Just because the the, the king said, I pardon you. I don't know how you feel. Just because of that word, you Go. Uh, we don't know what Barbara uh, uh, did uh, uh, that, that paid him uh, the, the judgment to be in prison. We have, we, we don't, the, the Bible does not tell us that. Because he, he, the Bible wants to elevate the power of the pardon over the criminal uh, uh, act. Come on, church, hallelujah. So you would have that, that thing going in your mind, that, that, you know, months going into Passover, and you're saying that, I, I, it, it might be me. Year after year, you would have that expectation. It may be disappointment because you weren't picked, or maybe joy because you were picked. But on the other side, if you become a citizen, there, there will also be anxiety involved in this. Okay, maybe uh, uh, this is uh, a little bit uh, gruesome. Well, not gruesome. That's not the right word. But, but just take a, a sex offender might have been the one that was pardoned. In the society, the, the, the civilians would start th- uh, thinking, maybe that w- that, that's not a good choice. Why would they think that? Because the pardon does not include reformation. It only includes letting you go. It only includes release. Nothing of reforming process has done to the prisoner. Except that it landed on them and they were let go. So coming back into the society, they could have the same behavior. So it would have anxiety on the people. So Pilate is reminding of them... This this custom. But I really want to drive in again. You know kind of push you another mile. And this pardon happens because of Passover. Even though Pilate is is a governor of a, a Gentile nation. A Gentile kingdom. But his custom is based on a Jew's history. Come on, guys! I mean, this is because the Bible says, "Without blood, there is no remission of sin." So the pardon is really driven from somebody paying your price for you. It is based on Passover. It wasn't just the the, the goodwill of the king. But something somewhere has, has been done that merits the release of people here. So, this is, this is powerful. But I want to make a parallel. I'm not going to, my intention is not to preach about, about Pilate's uh, custom here. But there is another king standing right in front of him. <laughs> The king that Pilate is trying to pardon has his own custom. <laughs> in his own custom, Pilate could have used the custom of whom he is trying to judge. But Jesus in this case has not brought his custom out yet. Because he hasn't fulfilled the pattern or the the the, the picture of the, the the blood of the lamb of of uh, Passover when he becomes the lamb and dies and his blood is shed, another custom is released so that's where I want to take you this morning is to drive into that custom and see. See where it will take us. But we, before we go there, I'll, I'm going to take you to my second point here. Then in in order to get uh, uh, released or in order to, to receive pardon, there has got to be something that you've done to be released from. So I, I want to drill in the bondage and the release and, and bring those parallels to you. I will tie it together at the end, but I want to... Let's, let's look at a bondage. What is a spiritual bondage? When we understand that, then we understand the impact of what Jesus Christ is getting ready to bring it to us. And we need to have an accurate understanding of what bondage is. If I were to ask you what Christian or, or, or spiritual bondages are, I think I would hear just as many different views as people that are in here. Because there are so many ideas, so many views of what bondages are. Okay? But I... Hello? (laughs) Are we impacting the light as well? John chapter 8. Turn your Bibles. John chapter 8, verse 32 and 34. Are you here tonight? Okay, look at this. And you will know the truth... Come on, finish. And the truth will set you free. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will be free to us? What are they saying? They're saying that we're not in bondage. So what you're saying to us, what you are bringing to us is not going to be relevant because we're not in bondage. We are free people. Therefore, what you are offering us is not going to be appealing to me because I don't need it. (laughs) I don't need it. You know how many times this, this problem happens in the church? Let me ask you again, how many times this problem happens in the church? God brings something from the pulpit because he knows it is relevant to his people, and his people are sitting like this saying that, I don't need that. That's not my problem. If you take this in North Minneapolis, yes, it might be relevant to them, but not to us. We, we are in suburbia. We're free. We don't do those things. This was the problem of his own people. The Bible says he came to his own people and his own did not accept him because they thought they didn't need a Messiah. Go to the Romans if you need, they need Messiah. Guys, this, this is very important. This is very important. Last week we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. Unless we are aligning ourselves with need, and deliverance on the other side, the connection will never, will never happen. The need needs to, to be clearly known for us to reach and receive. That's why we need to understand what, what bondage is. That way, really this morning, um, I'm taking some classes right now, and uh, in, in, uh, we're reading a book on ambiguous loss. What an ambiguous loss is, I don't know, some of you might know in counseling. What an ambiguous loss is that somebody might be present physically, but mentally or emotionally, they're not there. So you're having an an ambiguous loss. You can't say it's a physical loss, and this person has died or removed. There there is no conclusion to to your sorrow. You see it, but don't see it. That is an ambiguous loss. When I began the class, I said that I don't have any ambiguous loss. Then as we are progressing in the lessons, I start thinking, man, there's so many things that I went through ambiguous loss, loss unknowingly. So what am I saying here? There is a lot of things that we do not know, but we're carrying bondage inside us. Because of the culture that we live, live in, we don't even recognize it as a spiritual bondage. So God is bringing something to the church, and like I said, the church is saying, no, 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 it's like going on a buffet I don't, I, no i don't like that i don 't like that i don 't but it doesn't work that way. So the greatest work of, of preachers, the greatest work of of servants of God is to make God's people aware of their need. That way, like like we sang earlier, Jesus, you are everything that I need. Then we start seeing every multidimensional faucet in Jesus Christ. Because now I need this, he has it. Now I need this, he has it. All of a sudden now I start elevating him, you know, every time my worship is changed. Every time my, my, my uh, uh, um, uh, tendency to serve him, my capacity to worship him increases because I'm meeting him in every direction. Are you here this morning? Hallelujah. So this is what he's driving at. Okay, let me take you a step, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. So I'm, I'm, I'm still getting there. We're just uh, uh, clarifying the cloud around bondage. We're drilling in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. Are you getting something out of this? Come on, talk to me, please. It's the last day. I won't bother you again. So Galatians five seventeen. quickly, look at this. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. I don't know if many people understand this. Look at this, how he finishes. For these are in opposition to one another. Why? So that you may not do the things that you please. Look, I mean, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit is incredible. Look how this thing is versed. Usually in the church, how we view it is that the problem is for the spiritual man, and the bondage is the flesh. It is only a one-way street in most churches. But that's not how it is written. How it is written is two-ways street. If you are in the spirit, the things of the flesh is bondage. But if you are in the flesh, the things of the spirit is bondage. You see that? This is how it is explained here. I, I, will, I, will, I know, I mean, the question uh, forehead has popped up. I, I see that a lot when I, what? <laughs> Psalms chapter 2. I, like the, I love the word of God. Psalms chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, quickly. The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. Whose cords? The cords of God. The cords of the anointing of, uh, anointed of God. The cords of Jesus Christ. The, king, the, the kings of the world are gathering together. They're saying that. We don't want this. This is a bondage to us. You, you, you see. Did, did I lose you? I need to be careful with this. Do you have me? Yes, no. I think I'm in. Okay. Otherwise, you, you can hear me. I, I think I have. Anyway. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I, I probably don't need this if they're not recording. But look, look what he's saying. It works both ways, guys. Spiritual bondage. So when we define a spiritual bondage, it means that anything that hinders a free movement... Is bondage. Anything that hinders a free movement is a bondage. So, what the Holy Spirit is driving in is that unless you are free to move at His bidding in every direction, then you are in bondage. How many agree? I just proved it to you from the scriptures. What he's is saying is that bondage is not only drinking. Bondage is not only gambling. Bondage is anything that hinders your free movement. The Holy Spirit comes and tells you, rise up. You are unable to rise up. Whatever is hindering your rising up is a bondage. So you're not totally obeying the word of God. So it's very important to understand it this way so we can break it. So you can now connect it to God and say, Lord, look, you're you're asking me to do this, but I am unable. There is something that is pulling on me. So I call this bondage because it is not allowing me to freely obey you. Would you do something about it? Hallelujah. See, this is what total freedom means in the church of Jesus Christ. Every, every Sunday when we gather, every, every opportunity we get to gather, then this is what we're driving at. That means that we're for the Holy Spirit, you just say something, we're ready to obey. That is the true spiritual freedom. Let me take you one more, one more, one more in depth and then we'll, we'll see it. The third part is then the connection of freedom and obedience. That's my third point, and then we'll, we'll bring it to, to conclusion here. Acts chapter 12, it is neatly put in this place. If you jot down, please, over, this, uh, over the coming weeks, I challenge you to really uh, consume these verses into your spirit. Acts chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between sol- two soldiers, bound with two chains. How many believe that Peter was bound? Not only with one, but with two chains, but in between soldiers. I mean, where can he go? He is completely <laughs> bound. Wow, the idea is that in the morning, out of that confinement, the king is able to bring him out and execute him. Kill him. Up until that time, he needed to be in that confinement. That is the picture he's giving us. But God, God delivered him. How? Look at this beautiful picture. Okay? And guards in front of uh, the doors were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and light shone in the cell. And the, uh, he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, look, look at the commandment. Get up quickly. What does that mean? There is a certain assumption from the mind of the angel. How could you talk to someone who is bound like this? Get up, get up. How? We feel this way in the church. How how many feel that way? I think it's only me. We sometimes feel as if God is asking us the impossible. Lord, can't you see I'm bound? Why are you asking me to move? How can I love somebody when I don't have the capacity of loving? I try, but I can't. I want to bless people, but a cursing comes out of my mouth. I cannot control it. Why are you asking me? That's why we walk around like it's a burden. It's a burden. But as soon as the angel came in, the light shone and he spoke the word. What happened? Peter's chains fell. see that? You need to be free from your bondage in order to obey. You can't obey the Lord dragging your chains. That was what Martha was doing. Martha was dragging her chain. And all of a sudden, she looked at her sister who's free sitting at the the feet of Jesus Christ, and she was jealous, and she said, she's not dragging chain all over the place. Lord, Lord, tell her her to come out here and help me with. And Jesus said, you're dragging chain. You're not free. You're not free. Guys, Christianity is a liberation, hallelujah. We need to be singing. We need to be shouting in the, in the church of Jesus Christ. Why? We are continuously liberated from the chain that is binding us. Continuously taking off. Glory to glory. From grace to grace. So do you, do, do you really presume that these chairs would be all empty if we start? Then people get delivered every time they come here. They won't. They won't be empty. People will be pushing each other and two sitting on one chair. I will assure you this will happen. Because they're seeking for freedom. They're seeking for freedom. So when the angel came, he knew what he was doing. He wasn't asking the impossible from Peter. Peter. By the way, if you continue reading it, what, what did they do? I mean, the angel, I mean, they, they perceive the, 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 the heavenly uh, perspective and bring it down here. The Bible says that there was an iron gate. And the angel was just walking to the iron gate. And Peter is saying, is he checking for a key or what? <laughs> but he continuously walked to the, up to the iron gate. And they, the Bible says, knowing who's coming, the gate was... <laughs> Because he doesn't want to leave you in bondage. He's always delivering us. He's always freeing us. He's always releasing us so we can joyously worship him. That is a connection that is important. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1. You jot this down. I don't have time. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and freedom to the prisoners. Remember, the very king that was receiving pardon from Pilate in that custom, he has a different custom. His custom is not once a year. His custom is not once a month. His custom is not once a week. His custom is every minute of the day, he sets people free, hallelujah. He sets people free. Pilate needed to consult the people's wish to release people. But Jesus' custom is different. He doesn't ask your friend whether it is fit for you to be released or not. If that was the case, none of us would become Christians. The custom of this king is different. He asks you whether you want to be free or not. No one, he doesn't consult anyone. No, no parents, no father, no mother, no uncles, nothing. He comes to you and says, would you like to be free? That is the custom that we live in. You don't have to anticipate another custom oh, next year when the Passover comes. This is what I want to leave you with, gateway. To have this mindset. Every Sunday we come here, we are entering into the custom of our King, the custom of releasing people. Hallelujah. Every day. Next week, when they come back, they will have a testimony. They said, You know, last week when I walked into this, I had this bondage and I wasn't able to move. But today, praise God, I am free and I can move. This is what God is doing in the world, in his church. He loosens our bonds so we can freely worship him. Hallelujah. Have you entered into that custom? Are you standing before Pilate or are you standing before King Jesus? If you're standing over here, traditional custom, it is an annual thing for you. Okay, sickness, you, you wait for another year to come back and be healed. You, you re- remember the Jews said that when Jesus healed? He said that, why don't you use the six days outside of here? I mean, The seventh day is not for healing. <laughs> Jesus said, no, 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 my custom is different. Every time I encounter people, I... Ah! Hallelujah. Every time. It doesn't matter. Day, night, morning, rainy, sunny. It doesn't matter. I encounter you and I set you free. That is my custom, Jesus says. And the, the, this is what we, we bring to the church of Jesus Christ. That's why I say it's my desire that the church will enter into this custom. The Lord wishes for us to enter into this custom. Not live under Pilate's custom, but... Under the custom of Jesus Christ. My fourth and final point is that there needs to be an everyday expectation. Every day. Every day, guys, I'm begging you. I don't want you to lose out. That's why I'm begging you. I want you to digest this revelation. Revelation. What would happen every time you walked in the church, you came in with expectation? There will be a barbus today that will set me free. Aha! Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what kind of sin, it doesn't matter what kind of uh, behavior. there will be deliverance. There will be a setting declaration of freedom over people's life. How do you do that very quickly? Number one, know your area of restriction. You know yourself. What area is the, you are having restrictions in? You want to push it, but it, it looks like a, a brick wall is standing right there. And the, 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 What is that area? What is that area? That's where God wants to show himself mighty. Whether it be an emotional problem, relational problem, financial problem. It doesn't matter to my king. What matters is that you recognizing I am bound in this area. No one can set me free. It's not the hard working. It is not my my effort. It is me coming into the presence of the Lord with my bondage. Lord, do you see these chains? I have relational problem. I have a family problem. I have financial problem. Regardless of what I do, it looks like I'm leaking. No progress in my financial. Lord, I'm bringing the chain. I'm bringing the chain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, church. Praise the king. So as we are preparing for prayer this morning, I want us to take some time in thinking about this. What is my area? It may be new new things to you because you had a categories of bondages from, from your past encounter with the word of God. And they say, no, 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 I'm free from these areas. But just listen to the Holy Spirit as he goes deeper. What are those areas That is holding you back from the fullness of the Holy Spirit. As you process that, if you're ready, come up here so we can pray for you. The prayer team will be out here. We want to minister to you this morning. I really believe that the church will be set free. I really do believe that. In the the, the coming weeks, you start seeing the power of God move in the areas you've never imagined. Because the chains will fall. No restrictions will come to you. So if you are in, in a hurry, I, I, I understand that you can uh, quietly uh, depart. But I really want to minister to people that are needy this morning, that know their, their chains and they want to, to encounter the Lord, at least for faith reasons. Don't believe that I have any power as we pray or the prayer team, but for faith reasons. You're saying, the oh, Lord, I identify this as my bond. And I'm bringing it to you. And I I want the church to see it. Because when I do testify, then there will be a witness that I really put down my chains and I'm flying free. Hallelujah. So let's take, as the worship, worship team leads us in this, let's take a few minutes, bow down, concentrate with the Holy Spirit.